Do you find it interesting that we are doing finance month after men's game? Because doesn't men's game kind of give you a little bit of that feeling of like things that you at one time thought were important enough to spend money on. And then you realize they don't really have value for you and you let them go. It gets you a little bit clearer about what you're bringing in. Definitely. I just find that to be very interesting. Me too, for sure. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. It's a new month, which means it's time for a new challenge. And this month, we are focused on sorting out our finances and being on top of our expenses. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. It just makes sense to take a closer look at our finances, Peg. You get it? (laughs) See what I did there? Sense? (laughs) Oh, that's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional and lover of puns from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I'll do my best to whip our guinea Peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'm going to be playing along too. And as we take on a new habit each month, we're hoping that we're inspiring you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall just your own best self. Well, it's now April and spring is in the air. And you know what else it's the season for? Taxes. That's right. Good old fashioned income taxes, which inevitably makes all of us focus a bit more on our finances as we prepare our tax returns. This is the time of year when we get a big snapshot of our financial picture as a whole, which can be a much needed reality check too. If you feel like you could improve your financial well-being and your knowledge about your money, you're not alone. Money can be a very taboo subject to discuss, and many of us keep it more private than other areas of our life that maybe other people wish we would keep a little bit more private, <laughs> maybe a little oversharing in other areas. So many of us were raised to think that talking about money was uncouth, and maybe we even have some weird shame around the topic of money. This month, we are blasting the lid off of this, and we are going to talk about money, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So reports indicate that nearly half of the population reports that they use a budget. And we know that budgets are essential for having a plan for your money and keeping your spending in line. Using a budget and tracking your spending uses the strategy of monitoring, which we've discussed before on the podcast, to ensure that you are staying on track, much like using a food diary to track your diet. We know that this is a powerful habit strategy to get a handle on your spending. So the challenge for this month will be using that uh, um, strategy of monitoring will be to track your expenses in whichever way you prefer as a way to get more intentional about your spending. This means keeping track of where all your money is going, whether you do that electronically or on good old fashioned paper and pen. So Jenny and I will be using an app called Mint, which we've discussed before on the podcast, but we're really going to get into it this month. And it links up to all of your accounts and it tracks where your money is going. So we will be committing to recording our transactions each day and reviewing our spending. We will check in as accountability buddies to see how our focus on our finances is going. And Peg and I have both some experience using the Mint app, but we're going to commit to really focus on spending a little bit of time each day to make sure that those all those transactions, even the little ones are entered and then taking a look at kind of the overall financial picture as well. What do you think, Peg? How do you think this is going to go for you? Well, I mentioned in a previous podcast 
that I had signed up for Mint at the beginning of 2019 because one of my step one <laughs> yeah because one of the things on my 2019 list like 19 for 2019 was to get better at spending and um, tracking my my financial habits in general. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for Mint and then I promptly never looked at it again. So, oh, so I did say go. on a previous podcast that I was going to do better and full disclosure, I haven't done much better. So as a result, I'm grateful for this challenge this month because yeah. it will really encourage me to get past this resistance, whatever it is, and um, and get after it with monitoring and um, and working on my spending and my financial habits and more specifically with a budget too. So um I'm excited to get after it. How about you? Yeah, I think that it's going to be good for me to check in a bit more regularly on this type of thing. Historically, I check in on Mint, I would say I'd done it maybe about once a month and it was, it tended to coincide with when I received my credit card statement. Mm -hmm. That's when I would kind of check those transactions against Mint, categorize them if they weren't in the right category and go through and throw out all my receipts from the last month, like just kind of do a little purge of that stuff. So it was a good way to kind of use, I guess, pairing when I needed to pay a credit card to kind of check in on that and see where things were at. Um, but I, I've realized I need to get a little bit more consistent. Um, so maybe a couple minutes a day and just stay on top of it and see where I'm at rather than just an hour or two um, doing like the month in one shot. I think it's going to be a good way to stay on top of spending rather than just looking back and going like, whoa, what happened? And being more on top of it as I go. When you're saying that, it reminds me of sort of sometimes how I do exercise, which is I I decide I'm going to get after it. And then I do it like in a big, um, burst, like once a month instead of a little bit every day. So For every habit like this, it really is more beneficial overall and will get you to a better place if you do a little bit each day. So this really will get me in particular because I think that you sort of tend to gravitate to this kind of thing more than me. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll get me on track of a little bit each day will build that habit and it sort of does it in a way that's, um, it kind of sneaks up on you because, yes. well, James Clear, our online pretend best friend, James Clear talks about the fact that every little thing that you do doesn't equal the big outcome. But if you do it every single day for years, those tiny little habits, little actions taken daily are, they're going to grow like mad. What what did he say that habits are the, oh, this would be great if I could remember. Invisible architecture. Well, he does say that, that, but it's the um, compound interest. Habits are the compound interest of, um, See, I'm going to, I'm going to find it and come back to it because, uh, Being awesome. <laughs> it also fits right in with our financial world too. Have yeah. it to the compound interest of whatever. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to find that because I mean, it totally drives with what we're talking about. And I think that this is going to be such a good thing for us to focus on. And speaking of which every month when we, um, pick a new topic, we tend to talk about a book as well. So as we focus on finances this month, we're going to be reading a book like we usually do to help us get in the right headspace for thinking about our money. And are we thinking we'll do this book, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey? Yes. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. Because you've so, read this, right, Peg? Yeah, this book is fantastic. So, And it's okay. sort of like a, an important book in my history because a few years ago, John and I were struggling to get our financial house in order and mm-hmm. we realized... And some of this comes up in the book, but we can also discuss this in other ways this month as we're discussing finances. But we realized that both of us grew up with scripting around money that wasn't the most productive and it was manifesting in our finances. So a patient of mine told me about how this book changed her life 
So I got a copy of it. And then John and I every night would sit down on the couch and I would read it out loud to him. And then each step in the book, we then went and then we did it. And John and I rarely have conflict. We don't argue. We like, we just get along. We sort of have the same values, the same views on things, but this created conflict because both of us were feeling emotional or angry or whatever it was, this stuff that had sort of been scripted into our worlds around finances. And we both knew we had to change and we were resisting. So it took a lot and it was intense, but we got through it. We like set up a budget. We made big changes and it was sort of like we had a breakthrough and something amazing happened after we read this book. So we were really dedicated to making the change and this book, and I'm sure it could be lots of books, but this book was an important book for us. So that's why I think that it would be a good one for us to share with our listeners. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I think, you know, we, we alluded to this earlier that money can be such a complicated topic for couples or for people or for anybody. And I know even, you know, having a child and trying to teach him about money, it's, it is a weird thing. And I think we all have a lot of those things in the back of our heads and, um, about how we feel about it that maybe we're not even aware of. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's why hopefully we can um, shed some light on some of that for people this month. We can talk a little bit about, you know, hear some of the common things that people heard when they were growing up and why it might have an effect on what's happening in your finances now. Oh my gosh. This is cool. Jeff and I are going out for dinner tonight. Yeah. And I think that that's what I want to talk about. I want to know because this is interesting because I'm thinking about the patterns we have around making financial decisions and kind of like how those things like Jeff's attend to like, yeah, let's do it. And he'll just like quickly make a decision. Whereas I will kind of like be a little bit slower and want to be careful. It's interesting. So yeah, I'm looking forward to having that conversation. Cool. He's like a pretty, like, I mean, you know, Jeff, he's a pretty like chill guy. Yeah. You should see how he makes financial decisions. Yeah. It's wild. Like he'll walk in like when he bought his car, like he just like literally goes in and like he knew what kind of car he wanted. We go into the dealership and he just sees it and he, we go for a test drive. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and he like literally was like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like the iceberg. Like you've only seen this little tip of the iceberg of his decision-making process. And maybe there was all this deep thinking that that came before, before you went to the, I believe that peg, (laughs) but I've been through the rotation enough with him that after I'll say, Oh, I wonder about this and this, you know, yeah, I didn't think about that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. He's hilarious. Um, Anyhow. So I just want to say one more thing about this book. One of the things that um, I'm really excited about is Number one, to read it again now after these years um, of sort of taking on new financial habits, it'll be cool to celebrate how far we've come. And also now that we're different, when I read the book again, I'm sure that I'll find different things or different things will speak to me. So I'm excited to read the book again. And Dave Ramsey's daughter. Do you know about her? No, I don't. Rachel Cruz. Oh, okay. So she has books as well. And she's kind of taking it like taking the torch she's really cool. You should check her out on Instagram. She has like a show and she's kind of talking about like the next generation of finances. She really kind of builds on what her dad does. Oh, cool! And I think she has a book called love your life, not theirs. And it's all about not getting thrown by what other people have and focusing on what's right for you. Oh, great. That's awesome. But anyhow, that's a side note. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, um, move on to who are you anyway? This is a segment where we dig a little deeper into our personalities and we take a question and we each give our perspective on the topic with a goal of understanding ourselves a little bit better. So I thought that this would be an appropriate one for this week. And the question for who are you anyway is, do you use a budget? We mentioned that 
nearly half of the population does. So if that stands to reason, one of us does and one of us doesn't. (laughs) Well, let's see what happens here. So after John and I read that book, um, and it was probably four or five years ago now that we went through that process, because part of what he wants you to do in the book is create a budget. And that was a, there was a lot of conflict about creating the budget. Like I remember it was a day where there was tears, there was yelling, like it was intense Uh, and that's just not normally how we roll. So this is what I mean. Like if you're motivated and you really want to make a change, sometimes you have to go through the bumpy spots to get there. Right. Yeah. So, um, we got, we did it and we were so relieved once it was done. And so we were very specific about about the budget for about six months to a year. And then as we got into the rhythm of things and we sort of had a pretty good understanding of how we spent our money, it fell off. So Mm. lately I haven't been using a budget. So um, I'm excited to try it again and to get more intentional, which is my word for 2019, about my finances and my spending. So how about you? Uh, Well, knowing my personality and that I'm rather type A, I'm sure that you would just assume I have a budget Mm -hmm. and stick to it hardcore. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the case. Not the case. <laughs> so there's a cap. There's a little asterisk, though. For the last two months, for the first time in my life, I'm using a budget. Awesome. I just got a little bit more interested because I've been using Mint for since 2012. Yeah. I've got a ton of data about spending. Um, Jeff and I recently, I think I talked about this before that we recently started what, having what we call the Straussold family meeting, yeah, yeah. um, once some, a week. And that's when we kind of do some meal planning. Cause it was our meal planning we do every week, but it was happening at different times. And so we started having this meeting where we actually sit down and kind of go through, um, money stuff, bills that need to be paid, all of that. We look at the next week, um, of what needs to be kind of done housewise, um, we go through all these things. So we talk about money and food and all the things we need to do. We have like a little set list of like stuff that we should probably, should probably address. Sometimes it digresses into ridiculousness and just, you know, talking about dumb stuff, but whatever. Um, I started taking a closer look at some of the tools that Mint has. And there's some really powerful reporting that can show you trends over time. Peg, terrifying. We realized that. Do you also mean amazing, like terrifying, but it's also like, wow, like there's like so much good potential here for Um, something good? Yeah, we knew that we dined out a lot, but we didn't realize the steady creep up that had happened. Okay. Um, And it was like a way for us to have quality time. So we'd kind of been justifying it that way. But you can't argue with hard numbers. Yeah. When you see them. So for the, we decided to just try it out, to just try out. And there was no drastic reductions, but it was just kind of a making a plan of what we think is reasonable and then using that to make our decisions for how we were going to live our day to day. So for the last two months, we've been using it and I really like it. Um, and we, the first month we really were good. We stayed in budget really well. This month we definitely blew a couple areas. Um, but overall I really actually like it. The, the constraint actually, not constraint, but kind of like when you're bowling and they put those bumpers up, kind of <laughs> yep. nice to have a little bit of a guide because sure. it gives you that little bit of like, okay, let's make a good decision here. So, you know, say instead of us just constantly saying, do you want to go for dinner tonight? Now we'll make a plan. So we planned this earlier this week that this would be the night that we go out. So now we have that to look forward to. So through the week when we're kind of feeling like, you know, in a slump, we're not just like, eh, let's randomly go out. We have a plan. So it just feels a little bit more responsible. So it's, and do you not, do you think this too? I don't see a budget as necessarily just a control mechanism, but it's also a bit of a permission slip. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. And it's especially for things like we've talked about this with you before that you were sort of just like, would kind of like constrain, speaking of that word, constrain everything to the point where you were just spending less. But then if you have a budget and it's for things like personal care or for like something special or like for treating yourself, if it's in the budget, then now you have, as you say, a permission slip to spend that money to do that thing for yourself. Whereas before you might just be like, oh, I can't because I'm not spending. I'm just keeping it, keeping like a lid on everything. Well, and I feel like, and, and that's the thing, like, and I really struggle with that feeling held back thing. I like, I'm not comfortable with that. Like I'm good for about a week and then it's like, Oh dear, I'm feeling too controlled. I don't like that. Like I need some kind of an outlet for that. Like it's, you know, with my whole thing, like that I like habits, but not routine. Okay. Right. So the budget gives you the permission to spend money in a way that, um, and I've been tying it back to the 19 for 2019 to make sure that my budget is in line with the vision I have for this year. Awesome. So anyhow, that's a long winded way to say, yeah, I'm using a budget. (laughs) So it checks out. I'm not using a budget. You are 50%. Although in the past, it's been the other way around. Yes. Interesting, right? So we're going to, we're going to bring it up to a hundred out of a hundred for you and I for this month of April. I'm going to be really interested to see what we for like common things, like what we budget to see, like what, because it's an interesting way to kind of say like, like how you lead your life, right? Like what you budget for. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, now it is time. We're going to switch segments and we're going to talk about what are you digging lately? Which I've often tried to call, Ooh, me likey, (laughs) but it's not caught on. This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we found and we feel like maybe you'll find it kind of fun too. So each week, each one of us will share something fun that we are loving, that we find useful or practical or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So this week, I'm digging dairy-free cheesecake and the cheese is spelt with a Z. Uh so, uh, first of all, I love cheesecake. It's my uh, kryptonite. I could eat cheesecake every day of the week. It's my favorite, favorite thing. Okay. And uh, last weekend, amazing. John and I were invited for, to friends in Guelph, and we went to a dinner party there, and I was in charge of dessert. And I knew Ooh. that there was going to be sort of a group of people that all sort of have different dietary things going on. Yes. So I made two cheesecakes. I made a traditional one that had the cheese and the eggs and the cream and the yumminess and the sugar. Yes. And then I made this dairy-free cheesecake and it was made out of cashews and zucchini of all things. Interesting. And uh, you'd think that that doesn't sound so nice, but it's really nice. And the texture is very similar to a traditional cheesecake. And because I had made both, we could do the Pepsi challenge. So oh, we, so, so that night, a lot of the people that were at the dinner party, there was eight adults and some kids everybody took a tiny slice of the the cashew cake and a tiny slice of the other one and they d- definitely don't taste the same but they're both delicious and if you're off dairy or if it's something that you just choose to stay away from it's a good option so i'll put the recipe to this cake in the show notes if you're interested in giving it a try um cool. it was kind of a neat experiment and it's tasty so uh, that's what i'm digging this week is dairy free cheesecake you got any of this cake left oh no it's gone ah if you want to try it, I'll make you one. I'll <laughs> okay. make you one. Oh, I I love a good cake. I mean, we had cheesecake for our launch. Oh, that's right. Podcast. We totally did. 
Maybe that's our thing. <laughs> oh, and also because you're not big on like sugary desserts, that's something you sort of don't do. The other thing to keep in mind with this dairy-free cheesecake is that the sweetness that's in it is a little bit of maple syrup and a little bit of honey. So it's not oh, perfect. It's not super sweet and it's it doesn't have like refined sugar. So um, <gasps> if you what? want, I'll make you a dairy-free cheesecake. You know what? Let's plan this for the one year anniversary. Okay. Of the I like podcast. it. This like will be it. our thing. We'll okay. have the quote unquote cheesecake. You got it. Awesome. So did you recently recommend Russian Doll? Uh, when, it, when it first came out and I watched it, I was telling everybody. So I probably told you. Okay. I feel like we, t- <laughs> so you were digging and now I'm digging. I watched it last night. It's good. I watched two episodes. Whoa. Yeah. It's very cool. It's cool. It's, and it's very it's, funny. It's funny and it's unique in that you've never really seen anything that's quite like it. Yeah. And I think at first blush, it's so easy to think, oh, it's another Groundhog Day. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. It's something else. And it's so kind of cool and artfully done and an interesting premise. So I say to people when I'm recommending this, that it's better to go into it knowing almost nothing. Like the less you know when you first start watching it, the better. But do you think that you can give like a quick synopsis that doesn't do too much spoilers for the for our listeners? Uh-huh. Quick explanations, not my forte. Here's me doing my best. Okay. There's this person who is is at a party and she leaves the party and something happens and she dies. And then as soon as she dies, she wakes up and she's back to where the show started. At the same and it party. it just keeps happening to her over and over and it's driving her mad and she's trying to figure it out. And so as far as I've gotten, she's kind of trying to find like what the common things are and um, trying to just figure out why this is happening. She's not sure if she's just losing her mind. She thought it was maybe about um, a substance that she consumed at the party, but there's all these things that she's trying to sort out about what's happening to her. It's really neat. It is neat. All right, let's move Uh, on to our next segment, which is you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So I'm up for the win and I'm super stoked because I got my winter tires off my car and I got my regular tires put back on and this makes me disproportionately happy every single spring. And I usually I do it a tad early and it snows after, but whatever. I just really dislike the way winter tires look on my car with the bare rims. And I'm just so happy to have that sign of spring and sign that we are through winter. Yeah. Good job. That, yeah, that reminds me I need to do mine too. So yes. Do you do like, do you take yours to get them done? Well, I have in the past, but just this past year, we got another set of rims. So the thing that used to have to get done was they'd take the tires off the one rims and put them on the other. Well, now we have two sets of tires and two sets of rims. So John can do it, I think. Like this is one of those things that's not really in my wheelhouse. I could probably help, but he, he'll just do it. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, he'll just do it in the driveway. So I think that he'll just take off the, the one set and put on the other set. Yeah. We're not that couple. (laughs) Well, and this is something that that's what John loves to do. And he likes that kind of stuff. And he'll like be out there with the neighbors, like talking about something, drinking a beer and like, you know, changing the tires. We're more like we take it to our good friend, Bill, at our local mechanic, and he charges, I think, $20 or something. And it's like, and done. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Yes. All right. Because it's, yeah, they're mounted on rims, but yeah, fun stuff. 
Um, I'm up for the learn this week. And um, I, maybe a couple of months ago, one of my learns was about that I'd hurt my back. And Mm -hmm. anytime I have an injury where I'm feeling pain, it puts me in a space where I really appreciate my body, how it works and functions on a regular basis. And, um, it brings me empathy for my patients that I see on a daily basis who are struggling, who are in pain. So last week I got a powerful teacher from nerve pain into my arm. So I think it was related to the constant positioning of how I was when I was snowboarding. Cause we did a ton of oh. snowboarding and I, we'd just come back from that big trip and nothing, there was no specific injury, but I ended up with nerve pain into my arm and it was terrible oh, to the point where yeah. I couldn't get away from it. I couldn't sleep. It was awful. And this is stuff that's been explained to me in my practice on a regular basis. Sure. And now I know what it's like. And now I know I don't want to feel it ever again. So, yeah. um, I definitely have had my level of empathy for my patients increased and And um, I'm very grateful that I'm feeling better. And I'm going to use this as a learn once again to try and not take how my body functions and works for granted. And I need to get back to my regular exercise. So it's less likely to to trouble me in the future. So this is always a learn that um, definitely gives me that good lesson. And I'm glad that I've learned it. I'm listening. And let's move on to no nerve pain in my arm. Well, and you are also a champ because I know you were in a lot of pain. And you kept working and helping other people. I came for an appointment and you didn't even say anything until after. And I felt horrible for you. But there you are giving me my adjustment. And I I give you credit. You, well, uh, you played through you. too. Thank you. I'm glad I'm feeling better. And um, yeah, when my patients come, I don't want them to know I'm in pain because it's for them. Like that's the reason they're there. So I focus on them and then I put my stuff to the background and then I could tell you afterwards, not before. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, um, I'm glad it's getting better. Thank you. Yeah. I am feeling much better. All right. Well, you want to talk about next week? Definitely. Cause we are going to be checking in next week to see how we're doing with keeping track of our finances. So let's, uh, let's see how using the strategy of monitoring goes to wrangle our spending and, uh, and also allow our spending too. Right. That's right. So if you haven't yet, go and go to mint.com and download that app and you can start doing this with us. We're really looking forward yeah. to hearing from you about um, what's going to happen with this month and what you're looking forward to in terms of monitoring your finances too. Yeah. Or if they want, kick it old school, get a little notebook. Sure. Start yeah. Writing in down. whatever way. If you want to do the mint with us, great. Or like start writing in a book. Yeah. You got it. All right. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. We would love to hear if you are ready to get a bit more intentional about your finances this month and if you will be joining us in our challenge. Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend and even show them how to listen to a podcast because some people might not know. Also subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We also have a Facebook group search for the improvement project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening until next time. Stay focused and get after it. Oh, here's what it is. Remember I was talking about James Clear earlier? Yeah. Habits are this compound interest of self-improvement. Oh, you were right. That really does sum it up. I know. If I had been able to come up with that mid-podcast, that would have been way better. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda.